Yeah, I almost got ate by an alligator and killed by spiders. It's creepy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm Rebecca. This is where we do our recap of the coffee clubs that are in the area on Thursdays and Fridays. I have with me today David Fires and Michael Sewell. Unfortunately, Eric can't join us, and I finally did a good opening. Boom. Yeah, you Check nailed it that there. Out. Yes. Sorry. So this is where we start our recap. Usually uh, we go over what events have happened recently and what events are coming up. So let's start out with what events happened over the last two weeks, I believe, since sure, started. Yeah. I mean, the big obvious one is E3 last week, but that's yeah. not necessarily local. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we did have the drink up on Thursday yep. as well. Yeah, it went really well. It was a pretty good turnout. It wasn't like the biggest turnout we've ever had, but it was, well, I mean, again, everybody, yeah, was, everybody at was at E3. So <laughs> for, for it being E3 week, it was, it was a good turnout. Uh, lots of good conversations, lots of new people as well. That's um, good. Yeah. Dallas society of play also had their UI UX talk on Monday last week. I wasn't yep. able to make it out there, but the Jane, Jane, in. Jane, in, uh, I saw his, him do a talk at a data visualization, talking about UI and UX and how games do it. And I think he might have done the same talk there. So if he did, it probably was amazing, just as amazing. I remember contacting Russell and going, you need to do this guy. He needs to be the one that you do it. Because Russell last last month was looking for somebody to do the talk. So uh, shout out to... Jane and Sincalia. Yes. Yeah, friend for, of mine. Yeah. Real good guy. For being just awesome. Yeah. When yeah, it comes from, to that, so. uh, from everyone that I talked to that was able to make it out, they said it was really good. Um, so. Oh, uh, one of the members did make it out there. All, several of our members actually made it out there because I could not hype that talk up enough at the game close. <laughs> uh, and somebody mentioned that they are dropping a, what is this? It says about a gamer motivational survey YouTube page when they post the VODs of their talks. I don't know exactly what that means, but apparently Dallas Society of Play is going to be re releasing, uh, I guess, a survey about their YouTube page or something that's about their club. They do this every now and then where they just touch base with all the members that they have to see how their how the club is going and if, they have a, if they're okay with the direction that they're choosing to go. Mm -hmm. I know last year in November, they were talking about uh, the future of DSOP and how big they wanted to grow and those sorts of things. So... If they're doing it again and you're a part of the, the group, check that stuff out. Is there anything else that happened? Let's see. As far as I'm aware, uh, not much, though. <laughs> Last week, it was just Eric and I. And we're like, we, we don't know the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you make do, right? Okay, yeah. so then let's talk about upcoming events. Sure, yeah. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Okay, some of the upcoming events we have. Let me open up my notes here. Uh, a bunch of short guys is having their it, it posted something that apparently Gearbox might be doing. And Saturday, June twenty third, they're doing a VX breakdown or a VFX breakdown for. What is that game? Battleborn. Thank you. Battleborn. Yes. And Dallas Society of Play, June 27th, that's a Wednesday, is doing a building alternative DIY controllers. Mm. And right before that, uh, on the 26th, is uh, the, the last of the month beer club downtown for... Uh, oh, right. Or the coffee club. So if you uh, if you're downtown, it's the the last Tuesday of every month, um, seven thirty p.m. at Brain Dead Brewing, um, mm. and I'm sure there will be some hype from uh, Super Smash Brothers <laughs> announcement at E3. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there will be some people that want to hang around and play. So we've we've actually had quite a few new people that have started showing up uh, to that, and then. Uh, finding their way into the coffee club. So that's that's been really fun. Um, I will not be there, sadly. But mm. uh, 
That's but, okay. I'm making my triumphant return. There you go. And <laughs> I know, I know, Mr. Scott Mokes will also be there. So. Uh, Scott Mokes. Um, yes, he was so. Speaking of E3, he was just so excited about mm-hmm. everything because yeah. Scott and I work on the same floor in the same office. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, random coincidence. Totally, do not work for the same company. <laughs> uh, he he was he, when I was walking by, he was like, right, right. E3. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> need to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Why isn't the beer club right now? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So, yeah. Tell so me to come if, to the coffee club. If, uh-huh. you, if you want to talk uh, E3, uh, get your fix, and you haven't been able to make it to the coffee clubs, then you should definitely make it out to the beer club. It's a so. great alternative. Like, our coffee clubs are a lot more structured than mm-hmm. the beer club, unless you guys have changed since I haven't been there twice. But the beer club is a lot looser, mostly because everybody's got alcohol in their system at this point. It's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we still do sort of the same thing, curate, it, curate the event just a little bit so that everybody gets a chance to talk. Okay. So that is what is coming up. That's what happened a couple weeks ago over the last two weeks. And this is what's coming up. Um, so let's get into our recap. Recap. The Thursday group. Guess what they talked about. Guess what they talked about. Now, I returned. I did. I was gone for two weeks. Um, well, I was gone for my vacation, and then I came back, and I missed the last podcast. Uh, so when I came, returned to the Thursday group, completely lost on everything. But we did spend a lot of time talking about E3 and some of the controversies that have come out of that. In particular, uh, two of our members felt very passionate about Battleborn. Not Battleborn. Ooh. Battle... Thanks, guys. Battlefield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plug. There you go. Uh, Battlefield 5. There was... Yeah. Uh, it's either people are getting angry about the art or just the fact that there are females in the game. Oh, female yeah. fighters. Yeah. And uh, people were screaming that it was entirely interact- it, bleh, inaccurate to say that they're female. Like, historically inaccurate? Yeah. Which, well, that's wrong. Yeah, it, it's, it's wrong. And it so isn't yet. That, that, that's... There, there is, there is yeah. no controversy. It's people being upset online. What is interesting yes. is seeing all of these major developers, including Dice, yep. EA, uh, Dice LA, and you know a lot of huge heads yeah. that are pretty much just like we're not tolerating this shit yeah. anymore or mm-hmm. this stuff anymore. Yeah. Please, yeah. Breathe, actually, breathe. the people that made the game, yeah, were Dice. just straight up <laughs> in in a lot of the interviews that they went through, and that was what was in the article that I had posted, mm-hmm. where they were like. Get over yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think the the quote that I read, they gave an ultimatum. It's like, if you don't like this, then either don't buy the game yeah. or shut up yeah. <laughs> at this point, yeah. which is good, frankly. Yeah. It's so about time. So. They're on the wrong side of history. Yeah. Uh, at this we, point. we talked about games that we were super excited about coming out. I'm, of course, super excited about Kingdom Hearts 3. We finally yeah. have a release date. We <laughs> makes it a real game now. <laughs> so I, I, guess our, I guess our episode about KH3 is a myth. <laughs> Uh, has, been, <laughs> has been debunked, um, uh, but yeah. well, there's gameplay and there's they, a release date. Those yeah. are my two requirements yeah, no, to make no, it a real game. Right, right. And right. uh, what is a, a Sea of Solitude? No, we didn't yeah. talk about that one at the other group. Well, that's that's one that we brought up very quickly. Yes, um, and people were excited about, but it, we didn't talk a whole lot in depth mm-hmm. about it. Oh, we didn't talk uh, a lot. Now that I think about it, we didn't talk about a whole lot in depth of any all of the games. Yeah. We just went around the ones we were super excited about coming yep. out. So like Sea of Solitude, uh, seventy six Fallout seventy six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, yes. I mean, I'm I'm also like a huge Spider-Man fan, so being oh, able to that see, looks so good, yeah, right? being able to see gameplay from that game was just great. Um, it definitely looked like Arkham Asylum. Yeah, the um, combat definitely has that yeah, kind of feel, right? Which I mean, same uh, isn't a bad thing. Yeah, no, but yeah, so I, I'm really excited for that, um, and that's something I guess we didn't like talk a whole lot about on Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday, um, but I know we've talked about the Spider-Man game. Uh, and the new Sony uh, animated Spider-Man. Yeah, movie the, the recent out. trailer they the put trailer, out of that movie yeah. looks gorgeous. Yeah, like so. all of the different animation styles yeah, that they're right. mixing and matching and right. experimenting with. Like it's yeah, it's basically animator porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> I'm, I'm super into that. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for it to come out and for you to. Oh talk yeah. About. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of animated films, yeah. uh, Incredibles two came out last yes. week. Don't talk about it. I won't it just spoil yet. anything. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I had a great time yeah. with it, and I, I think you'll like it. Too. 
Okay. So. I'm seeing it this week. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, and it's also not game related. So let's bring it back to games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry, I got a little too excited. I know. I know. Animation. It's a passion. <laughs> okay. Uh, so two other things that we talked about was uh, actually two other articles that I posted. That's outside of E3, and what it was about is Roll Rollplex, Roll Roll Roblox Block Roblox. Yeah, uh. it's the game where you can. It's one of those games where you can where it's open. It's kind of like Minecraft where you can. It's kind of open world, and then you you can also go in and just create your own kind of content. Well, a mother, six year old mm. mother, was going had her daughter play playing on it. And when she looked over, her little girl was running through a sex dungeon. Um, mom quickly took the took the iPad or whatever it was away, recorded the whole thing, and sent it over to the creators to be like, "What is going on here?" The creators came out and said, "We we are super upset that this kind of stuff is even popping up on there." Yeah. But the thing about about this particular incident is they didn't really give a good way on how they were going to combat that in the future. And to be honest, yeah. with games like this, it's really hard to do so because people are constantly putting out something new. And if you're going to look at it first before it hits online, it can, I mean, you're just talking about the overhead and the cost of having people to physically look at it. Right, right. I mean, that would that would be time for development, too. Like, yeah. anytime somebody wants to add something to their world, yeah. right, have to submit it and wait for yeah. confirmation. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, the other thing is that that, that kind of got into a tiny, tiny discussion um, that um, I brought up from Tuesday's, like, business coffee club. Because <laughs> um, we actually got into a discussion about, like, what amount of ethics or... Uh, like conscientious design do we have to take when we're creating games or when we're creating any technology or anything like that because as much as like if you want to get into the whole Facebook thing like as much as Facebook was created as this way to just like let anybody post anything like we found out that hey there are some failures in the system and there are some issues that came out from that right yeah. it took Facebook a while to accept that or to try and do anything about that but now like their entire marketing push is hey we're we're finally trying to take care of this and we're trying to do something um as game developers like we've talked in the past about um how how do we make sure that when we're creating games they are good but they aren't taking advantage of people or they aren't uh creating addictions or this thing or that thing like you, right. you have to be conscious of that and to some degree when you create a game that is um, often marketed to kids or to that demographic, there should possibly be some safeguards in place um, or the uh, the opportunities for uploading or, or putting anything like that into a game maybe need to have a few barriers to yeah. get there. How does that affect the design of the game? How does it affect the development process and the scope for uh, for actually building that out? How much is it going to cost? Of course, need to come into play. But if we're not ever thinking about what are some of the bad ways that our technology or our game could be used, um, we are kind of shirking responsibility. Right. Um, I mean, the same could be said from the parental side. Too, oh, yeah, right? of course. Because it's, I mean, nothing on this one. It's, it's all too common for nowadays for parents to just kind of like put an iPad in the kid's lap yeah. and like keep them quiet for a couple hours, right? And not manage it. So good on this woman for at least paying attention to what yeah. their kid was, was playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I mean, you should, you should kind of vet the things that you're giving. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's well, a weird that's one. That's a hard Roblox one because she, she, vetted it beforehand otherwise she wouldn't let her daughter right, it's supposed it. to be for kids yeah and so, then so. later on it this got ha this happened right? Right, right and so it's like the parent can't control every we've talked about but, this before but so question about roblox i don't play roblox and mm -hmm. i don't think either of us do but i wonder if there's like an explicit tag for worlds or anything because you can go and look at other people's worlds and join them, and I think that that's what happened in this instance. Yeah. So there's two. This girl got lost in somebody else's world. Well, it's kind of like well, she got invited uh, in. What is it? Second Life. It's kind of like Second Life, yeah. but 
supposedly more kid friendly. Yeah. yeah. So she, and she got invited. Okay, in, but in, so in that way, yeah. right? Should you be able to invite people that are not on your friends list, or should you be able to have a this is a child's account? So I mean, like again, from the design perspective, putting a little boolean check mark to say okay. child's account, so don't allow anybody to invite my child. So here's the it thing. has to be approved before, you, like whatever that is. Those are easy, quote unquote, ways to like allow for parents right, to be, right. and then it's on the parent to be able to check out what is this room that my child's getting invited to. Um, because like I, I have nephews who are like, uh, I have a five-year-old nephew, nephew who plays games on his iPad all the time. And it's like, he like, supposedly the games have been vetted by his mom or his dad in order to download them. And I would say that when I see a game that I'm like, really, should he be playing that? Like that's on his parents for right, letting right. it be downloaded. Well, there's also the online aspect because you you don't always know what you're going to get when yeah. when the internet's involved, right? Yeah. And people love to mess up these kind of things. Like four chainers, for example, yeah. will go and brigade whole whole servers of, yeah. of game content just to just for kicks yeah. to like. Yeah. Expose all these kids to yeah. terrible things. I mean, that's what happened with YouTube recently with mm -hmm. their YouTube channel. YouTube for the reason why they created YouTube for kids officially, mm. like gone and through yep. with it, is because they had people. And this is where this is what I was trying to say earlier. Uh, even if you were to go in and put a whole bunch of like explicit safeguards and stuff like that in it, there's still ways of getting around it, which is what you saw with YouTube, with YouTube because they were using very specific tags that caught the algorithm's attention right. that made it think that these this content was generated to kids. They never had to say it's explicit content or anything like that. And the thumbnails were just cute enough that it could get that a parent who's not paying attention would be like, oh yeah, that looks good. And then it's on not until later when they were looking at it and going five, like three minutes in and Spider-Man is doing something nasty, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's when that's that's you can't fully put it on the parents. In that case, right? And I get where you're coming from. So I'm just saying there, there's ways that people are people are always going to see a system and want to break it. Correct. But that doesn't mean that we don't try to protect the system. That I'm not right. saying. Right. And, right. So, and so I think that that's, that's my whole thing is, is that if you're creating an, a, an online, especially like a massively online uh, ecosystem that allows for anybody to connect with anybody and you're marketing to kids or the the game is getting picked up by a lot of children, you should probably have some safeguards in place. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you can, you can ever protect from anything, and it doesn't mean that some responsibility doesn't lie with everybody, but there is a responsibility for the developers to not just throw something out there and say, well, it, you know, not, not my bad, like it's other people that are doing these bad things because you're the one that's profiting from it and making money. Right. right. Well, on that note, I'm going to segue into yeah, the next please. topic yeah, that, yeah. that we, we also, could go which, forever on this. yeah, which also touch, <laughs> touches on this topic as well. Is a 12 year old girl was found playing Fortnite and she had Peter. Saw herself. that, yeah, and and the whole thing was that she had it. Yeah, she was addicted. The parents came out and said they were she's addicted. They tried to do all these things. They tried to limit her time on Xbox. They tried to do some some stuff on Xbox. They tried removing it entirely, and the little girl. And they even tried uh, saying that you can only play it for an hour every time you finish your homework or something like that. Right. Well, the little girl was sneaking out at night and playing it for hours and so on and so forth. And it started affecting, of course, her daily life. And what the parents came out and said is our child is addicted and they put her in rehab. Yeah. One of the things that came out about that are uh, the article that I posted in there, it was written really weird, really, and where there was... It, they wrote it in a sense that they were sort of blaming Fortnite and mm -hmm. uh, this whole addiction of video games and so and stuff and how uh, Europe, I believe Europe, don't quote me on this, but I believe <laughs> Europe actually has, uh, just like we have a medical dictionary of just like symptoms and things that are considered uh, disabilities or, or mm -hmm. whatnot, uh, they do as well. And one of the things that they say is gaming is officially recognized as an addiction or there's a, a game addiction yeah game addiction category. yeah category and so what they were saying is our daughter is addicted and they went ahead and put her in rehab now at the end of the article while they're blaming everything at the end of the article they said well maybe it was on the parents after all and i was like that's a complete 180 of what your entire entire thing about but it's essentially what you what 
yeah. everybody's been saying is like, how much responsibility do you put on the parents? To me, it, because we don't know the full story, to me, it sounds like the parents tried to do every step that they could in doing it. Mine is just throwing the console out entirely. Uh, but they tried. They tried. And that's what I was trying to get across on Thursday. But everybody else was like, but there's something else really going on wrong in the what if she's being abused or something like that? That I don't know. Yeah, we don't know all that. And there's no <laughs> no point in assuming any of that without mm-hmm. that information. Right. right. And so I'm only going but, on what the article says. Yeah. Parents are trying. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, well, okay. So this is, I read that article too. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be clear, the girl was playing it so much and was so glued to the game and the screen that she didn't want to get up to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so just... But, she had like rashes and stuff from just sitting in her own field for a while. But yeah. part, of, but, but part of that as well, um, like we had also brought up the like, it Fortnite had been used as a punishment of like we're gonna take this away from you because we think it's bad for you, and then trying to limit her. And so like, again, I'm not a parent, and neither, none of us are. <laughs> um, so parenting is hard. Well, that's a parent. I'm just gonna put that out there. Hey, nice. Um, but, like, at the same time, like, we did bring up in the coffee club as well was, like, if, like, to some degree, if this is being withheld from her, and then when she's playing it, she feels like, this is my only way to play it, so if I take a bathroom break or if I walk away or whatever, like, again, that's 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 where the addiction sets in, and that's where a lot of the, um, like, the wrong thinking process is happening, but... Like, we don't know what the relationship between the parent and the child and the game and the limiting of said game or the kind of not paying attention mm-hmm. to what your kid's doing side of the thing or, like, like whatever. So it's just, like, blaming a game for an addiction is wrong, but also saying that games don't have... Like, like Netflix <laughs> has the, like... Are you sure you want to keep watching? Like maybe there are some. Yeah, some well, I mean, all of the consoles should be able to do that. All the consoles currently have parental controls to lock out the games after a certain amount of time. Yeah. So you can say like can only be played between these hours yeah. and can only be played for this amount of time. Yeah. In a row. Uh, and I mean, so, these parents probably didn't have or know that those tools were there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, how how is this dissimilar from the cases we hear of like? Chinese parents who neglected their child by playing World of Warcraft too much, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Either way, it's clearly the parents didn't, I think the parents didn't take it far enough. Mm -hmm. Like at at some point, where do you, where do you just throw out the console? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. If if it's getting to that point, then sacrifice this stuff and teach your kid another way. But I I mean, again, I don't know the full story. I don't know these, these, Mm -hmm parents or their, their child so I, I want to touch on something that David mentioned and I've mentioned this before in the past mm-hmm. games are being designed especially mobile games are being designed in order to create an addictive behavior sure right? in yeah, my absolutely. in my opinion games like games especially games that rely on in currency items are designed purposely to generate an addictive behavior yeah right if you want to get to the next <laughs> level or if you want to do get the next ultimate weapon you have to pay so and so this much in order to get to get the ultimate weapon, right? So in my opinion, games are, are there are games that are purposely designed that way. And Absolutely, you, you especially know, in the mobile space. Right, especially in the mobile space. And even in the console and PC space, you can say that games are still designed to create a little bit of an addictive nature for you to sit there and continue to play it, right? right? So I would say if we we're talking about what games were designed to do and versus being interactive and fun to play, they're also designed to create an addictive behavior. Totally, yeah. But I mean, in the case of Fortnite, specifically Fortnite, Uh they do definitely have a lot of that. Like, you gain experience, especially if you get the battle pass. Like, every as you're playing, you keep, you've got challenges to to go Mm -hmm. for and you keep getting in-game items. But none of those actually affect the gameplay. They're all just cosmetics. Mm -hmm. It's all just like a skin, uh, a dance, something like that. But, But, But cosmetics... Cosmetics are worth to it. some degree make the game right. Like true, one of the true. one of the things that drew me to Fortnite was that it was a much more intri- intriguing, interesting style than PUBG. Sure, um, yeah. I don't like realistic shooters, so <laughs> PUBG, Call of Duty, Battlefield are not my type of game. 
Um, whereas Fortnite is much more fantastical, whatever. Um, and so I was drawn to that game much more. And that is specifically an aesthetic design side of things. And so when you get to the like purely cosmetic, like it's still right. a thing. Like I have played a game for longer because I wanted to get that one dance or that one emote instead of going and I've done to bed, you know? And so, uh, so, you know, and again, I'm not trying to defend the mm-hmm. argument that games are, are bad because again, we grew up playing games. Right. Uh, I right. think we're pretty productive <laughs> members of society, but we also, <laughs> but I mean, found when we way, started, they weren't quite like this. I, I, yeah, true. They, they weren't as focused on trying to create addiction or trying to create, uh, I mean, a response of coming back to the game. I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is that Fortnite, for whatever reason, to me, in my experience, Fortnite yeah. doesn't really affect me. Even though it's it's super, uh, it, it can be addicting. It doesn't yeah. affect me as much as some mobile games have in the past that do really try to exploit that. Yeah. Um, my my nearest example would be um, uh, Clash Royale. Yep. I played that for a while. And I played it entirely free. You know, I put in like maybe 30 bucks because I felt like they made a good game. And I put a lot of time into it. So I was like, you know what? You guys earned my money. So here you go. Um, But I hit a a paywall. Whereas like I couldn't compete anymore with people who had spent so much money on all these extra cards. And I was was getting like fits of rage playing that game. I threw a lawn chair once. (laughs) I put a dent in the wall throwing my phone. Wow. I, I hit a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. This is not okay. So mm-hmm. I had to just stop playing. Mm-hmm. And even though I wanted to play it real bad, I was just like, nope, step away. Time mm-hmm. to step away. So, okay. Uh, well, that's everything that we talked about. <laughs> I'm just going to, because we, we talked Sorry. a lot. We haven't gotten to what Friday was about. Uh, so there was a, apparently there was a bit of a snafu on Friday where two groups had broken out <laughs> by accident. There was a, oh, so we I had some new that. members. And they had come to last Friday, and they didn't, so nobody, uh, some of our regulars weren't there, and they didn't realize that that group was supposed to be uh, a part of it. Yeah, so, so when, when I came in, everybody was already sitting at the tables mm-hmm. at the front rather than the back table, um, but then realized... The people in the back were part yeah, of the group. Yeah, we're waiting, <laughs> so they, they were just new people, so... Yeah. We, Maybe we should have, like, a sign. Yeah, I, th- I we're think We're working that, on it. Yeah, I think we will... Just, just like a little sand. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're, we're working on it. Or just yeah. fold a piece of paper. I don't have a printer, so. I used to bring my Surface and I'd have something mm. on there for us. Uh, but we're, we're working on that. I just thought it was really funny that that happened. Because um, we're starting to get, like like uh, David said, on Tuesdays, we're, we're starting to get new members. And that's the same thing that's happening with both the Friday and Thursday uh, Thursday group. Yes. I yeah. guess the days backwards. Uh, Thursday and Friday's groups is we're starting to get more and more members. And sometimes we, when we don't know that they're there, uh, we, or we don't recognize that they're ch- there to be a part of the group, we accidentally like sit off to the side, and then they, we'll see someone will be paying attention to any of our social channels where people are going, uh, "Is this thing actually still happening?" Yeah. Which is what happened with these two, and that. So it was cool. I purpose of bringing that up was actually because we have new members and yes. I'm super excited to yeah it's growing yeah we're, yeah we're growing super excited to to have new people coming in you know something interesting happened to me the other day related to us growing mm-hmm. uh I was not even at the drink up I don't even remember where it was but um I met somebody and they're like oh yeah I was listening to you on the podcast oh nice and I was like was oh Scott. dang yeah that's right yeah, yeah. it was Scott okay yeah at the drink up yep. yeah so that was really cool, yeah. and I'm glad to see that the community is growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both through. Thank you, everybody, for, for yeah. listening and coming out. Yeah. So for for Friday, uh, you guys were talking about something before I showed up. Um, I don't fully. Remember. By the time I got there, I, I got there about halfway in. Uh, it was all E3 talk. Yeah, yeah we got into E3, and then we were getting in again, going through the games that we really were interesting. That's when we got into Sea, sea of, of Solitude. Solitude. Gotcha. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about. Um, Dead Stranding. Yes. Dead Stranding. Yes. Yeah. Most beautiful walking simulator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Climbing mountains. Yeah. And I don't have to go to the gym anymore for that. Yes. <laughs> so. Dude, speaking of games that help you get exercise, uh, we we had a, a, a party for a friend who just happened to be in town this weekend mm-hmm. um, on Saturday, and mm-hmm. I set up 
Beat Saber. Yeah. And we played so much that Beat Saber. So My much arms fun. still hurt two days later. <laughs> but that game is so much fun. That's such a great, um, like, drumming game mm -hmm. without it being a drumming <laughs> game. Some like, of the songs I, I are, like, Yeah, I have more fun, like, rhythmically bashing my hands back and forth in that than I do in Rock Band or Guitar Hero World Tour or whatever it is that has the, the drum set. What I found is it's that uh, so much fun. when I'm in the VR space, because yes. I'll get super into it. I'll go into full dancing yeah. and everything, because we, when we have enough space, you, you don't have to worry about, yeah. about hitting anything. Uh, but you for some reason, putting in that space uh, in the in the VR helmet, this, uh, this is the first game that really sold me on VR. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I can feel comfortable dancing and not care about yeah. what I look like more than any other yeah. any other time I've ever been dancing, no matter how drunk I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was just getting super into it. Yeah. But. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so, there's also like it, Sprint Vector. Have you heard of that? I haven't, no. That's another exercise kind of VR game yeah. where like the faster you're, you're moving and swinging yeah. your arms, the better you're doing in the race. Huh, that's cool. So, so like, I, I actually went to... Um, like a startup event mm. on Friday night, um, and they had Beat Saber. They had like a whole VR nook, basically. Um, it was the launch of Capital Factory, mm. which is a, a co-working office space from Austin, which just opened up here, and the Dallas Entrepreneur Center just moved in with them. So um, there's a bunch of stuff happening downtown in the startup world. But basically, they have like a VR nook. Um, and they also are wanting to do more stuff with gaming and game development. So I'm actually going to be talking about to them about maybe doing like a game jam or doing something fun. Um, Put but, her name on it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, but there's actually there's a, a VR AR agency in town that uh, was started by students at UTD called Emosis, I think it is. Um, and like three or four of them were there and it was funny cause we were just like, we got talking about E3 and talking about games. Um, and I was like, it's so funny cause for the longest time I was trying to find people that I could talk to about game development and games. And that's why this coffee club was so much fun for me. Um, and now, it's now, well, no, it's still super <laughs> fun, but now finally, like it's not just in a specific gaming focused mm -hmm. event that mm -hmm. people are talking about games, that people are playing games. Um, and it's just really cool to see. And I think that VR is like a fun, interesting way to get people excited about it. That being said, I still don't have a VR device. Um, I, I'm not super, super um, like passionate about VR. Um, but at the same time, I, really enjoy it when I do play VR stuff. So real quickly, dragging yeah. it back to the Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely went on a tangent there. My fault. Sorry, guys. So one of, the, one of the things that a member brought up, I, I, I took that as an opportunity to think about what we talked about on Friday because there was one that was really, it was a longer discussion, and one of the members bringing up how each service seems to be bringing out a new way of, playing lots of games, like uh, game, the Game Pass for the right, Xbox. Right, the Xbox Game Pass. Is it the EA Access Pass? EA, I, I think there was a couple of, there's the Battle Battle, Battle for, Pass for Fortnite. Uh, well, Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo. Um, they, they are bringing out their own system like it? Sort of. So Nintendo's system is, it's like, you know, um, Xbox Live. Mm -hmm. It's like that, or PlayStation Plus. Plus. Uh, it's, it's their service with that. But along with that, if you're subscribing to Nintendo's online service, they're giving you free retro games for a period of time. So Which like cool, Original yeah. Super Mario Bros. And it'll be free on your device for a month. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next month, it'll be another game. Yeah. Uh, so one Which of kind the, of fits in with that Xbox Game Pass. Right. Yeah. right. One, of, one of the things that one of the members was mentioning, and we've talked about it before, uh, mm. it's like several months ago, where he he wasn't really keen on those kinds of things, mostly because if a new system comes out, his his reasoning was I lose all the money I just spent on that on the games for the previous system, right? They don't. He's like they don't really carry over to the next system. Now, of course, Xbox and PlayStation have come out and they're trying to do that. Uh, you can play old games on their system now right, or right. Re, re remastering them so 
you and Matt were talking about um, the whole digital rights things and how it goes and how sometimes it's sort of a risk that you take. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we were. I remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we were talking about um, like new consoles coming out, mm-hmm. uh, games in the game stream service like Xbox Pass, and how it, it feels like it, it devalues the content that you've paid for. Uh, but but what value that does bring that's interesting to us, at least Matt and I, um, <clears throat> more and more of these services, Xbox and PlayStation and NVIDIA is exploring this, and a couple others are getting into streaming games to mm-hmm. your system. And while that means that you have to sometimes have to deal with more input lag, that also means that you don't have to worry about the quality of your hardware. Yeah, It's simply how much your internet can pass the data to you, right? So the potential of that is that you could buy... Uh, a PC game that's like super high quality and as each new game comes out you're just constantly getting better and better equipment automatically without having to pay a lot of money to upgrade your hardware right Mm -hmm. so in a way I I feel like it increases what your games can do and also that means that we wouldn't have to worry as much in the future about backwards compatibility if they're just sending us the video stream yeah right Mm -hmm. but it relies on what they're willing to send us. Right. And so, I mean, so that that's that was the other point that he brought up was not just will I be able to play games when I get a new console because you've had to deal with that anytime. Like, right. if, if, I, if I sell my problem. Xbox to buy an Xbox 360, like, I think I did back... No, I still have an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I had friends who sold their Xboxes to, sell their, to get their Xbox 360. Not everything was playable on Xbox 360. I think the big thing was is that I can always go out and buy another Xbox and play all of my old games because I have the physical copies right. and I will always have the physical copies until I break a disc here or there. But the problem is is that if tomorrow EA decides to shut down their Game Pass or they decide, you know what, we only want to give you one game a month now instead of 100 games, I no longer have access to those games. Right. And if I buy those games digitally, they're only there until that if, if Steam ever shuts down, I will never be able to play the games that I bought on Steam. I mean, there are a few recent examples of this. Yeah, uh, Lawbreakers is shutting down their servers yeah. in September. Right. Um, we saw it with uh, Paragon that Epic put out. Yep. They were out for a while. Some people put money. What was interesting about Paragon is that when they shut down the servers, they refunded people who had put money into the game. Wow. No other service has done that. Yeah. Um, but it was Epic, so. Yeah. Uh, right. Battleborn servers are shutting down at some point. And, and there's yeah. so many older multiplayer games that are really good games. Like, they didn't shut down for any particular reason. Yeah. They just kind of aged, and just nobody's playing them anymore. So with heavy multiplayer games, don't you already deal with that? Mm-hmm. Well, so I... Th- yeah, I mean, you do. And we've talked about this in the past before, is that, like, there isn't an option to keep multiplayer games going. Yeah, and so that's why, like, I have trouble with games that are multiplayer only anymore, um, because, yeah, because there one, there's no option for me to play by myself unless I'm playing online. Um, but two, tomorrow, like, I loved Time Splitters, right? I can still go back and play Time Splitters because there was local multiplayer yeah. and there was a single player mode, right? Whereas I can't go back and play. Paragon, right, or whatever, just because that that whole thing changes. So, like, to some degree, it would be nice. It's not going to happen, but it would be nice if, like, somebody said, like, hey, we'd like to host, like, we will pay to host a server so that we can all play on yeah. it. Well, I mean, we have services that are doing that. Yeah. Uh, Good Old Games is a great example. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, we've had this discussion before about right. multiplayer-only games and things like that. Um it's just an interesting thought. Matt brought up that um, a lot of the video streaming services, um, you buy it in one place and then you get access to it on a bunch of different servers. Yeah. So it, it would be interesting as as game streaming and as these digital delivery systems progress, um, if there is ever a moment where there's one central place that you can buy a game and then... There kind of is. And is what is that? So... Sort, sort of, but for PC games. Okay. Um, NVIDIA's grid service okay. runs on their, their portable shield yeah. device and their Android uh, 
Centop box, yeah. as well as on the TVs that built into it, okay. and any any games that you've purchased through that service, you can play on all three. Even you can even stream it directly to your PC, I believe. Um, so we're seeing this like central hub of streaming games yeah. to you start to arise. My big issue is still the input lag, mm-hmm. and that I don't I don't think that we have the full infrastructure well, of internet capability for that yet. And again, like we're the U.S. right as we're talking about this, mm-hmm. and I think I brought this up last time that like if a lot of the game industry moves towards this game streaming model, then countries that don't have great uh, infrastructure or like when you're talking South Korea versus the U.S., like, outside of that, like, where are you getting internet speeds that are fast enough to really have seamless gameplay? Um, and it's and now, like, with net neutrality uh, by the wayside, at least currently, um, ISPs can kind of choose what they allow to it, be it's streamed. It's kind of up in the air with I, the recent... Yeah repeal of net neutrality exactly so but but i guess like from that perspective like there's a potential that if you like maybe some of these things will get built out maybe there will be better infrastructure but it's going to be a highly tiered system where you're going to have to pay extra to be able to stream games versus theoretically we don't theoretically that's been the thing and so you know it'll be interesting to see what happens but i don't know were there any other top or I mean, that, that was pretty much the gist of, of the Friday group, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, we, it was a lot of EA, E3. E3 talk. A yes. lot E3. Again, but basement. E3 happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, E3 happens once a year, so. It, yeah. You know, yeah. A, a nice way to kind of get that stuff going and talk about that. Yeah, it's always, it's it's funny seeing the lull, like, right before E3, like, all of the media yeah. dips down, and then it's just explosion of yeah. news. Yeah, and, and as a uh, as somebody who's helping, uh, you know, try to market games here and there, um, that's always I, on. I was following on Twitter, and a few of the like industry giants were talking about like, I'm just going to go on vacation for two weeks because there's no way that I can get any press out about my game, about this, about that, and it's like. See you in a couple of weeks when E three buzz has died down and stories about E three have died down, so right. I can actually like talk about my game. I think that and was not have it lost. One thing that they did mention <laughs> that we did mention is that EA in particular was highlighting more indie games this this time around. I think it was, I think all three groups did, or Xbox definitely highlighted more yeah. indie titles. Right, and I didn't see the E three conference, so maybe. But again, I mean, highlighted more indie titles, as in like here's two or three indie titles. No, I mean like. Here's 40. Yeah. Oh. EA did a lot more of that. I want to say it was EA that did a lot more of that than any of the other ones because the other ones focused way more on their bigger bigger titles or gave teasers exclusives to... Exclusives Yeah, stuff. exclusives and stuff like that. Whereas EA was just like Sea of Solitude, I believe, is, is more of an indie game. Um, shoot. And, and what's the Tunic? yarn one? Oh, oh, Unravel. Oh, Unravel. Unravel. I'm super Tunic. excited about that. Yes. Unravel. Baby Fox Simulator. I'm so excited I'm for really Tunic. Excited. Right. <laughs> um, I played the first Unravel game, so I'm super excited to see how the yeah. second one is because yeah. they changed up some of the mechanics on that. Yeah. And this I'm one's wondering, co-op now, right? Yeah. I, I guess so. I didn't get a chance. I didn't even know Unravel 2 was coming out until, yeah, it's, until it's I saw out. it. Yeah, they did that thing where <clears throat> they're like, hey, this cool game, you should check it out. It's coming. Oh, by the way, it's out today. Like right now. <laughs> So there, there are fun. some cool things. And I believe we're just about at time today, guys. Well, okay. Before we go, I'd like to know what you guys are most excited about from E3. From E3? Uh, besides Kingdom Hearts 3, <laughs> uh, I am super excited about Sea of Solitude. It looks really cool. The visuals looked really amazing. And Unravel 2, obviously, what I just said. I'm probably going to find a way of going, going to download that um, money. And yeah, yeah. there was another one that uh, that caught my eye. Oh crap! What was it called? Do do do. Um, what what games? I'll, I'll think of it while while you tell us what games. Oh you're sure. Well, about. so I was really hoping for a new Animal Crossing <laughs> and a new Metroid, but we didn't get that. So I'd say I'm probably most excited to see what more comes out of Cyberpunk. Mm. Uh, since the initial trailer that they put out. 
there was a lot more information. Um, there was some like behind the scenes gameplay demo that was like live, fifty minutes of unedited gameplay uh, there at the conference, and uh, all the game outlets are saying it's like first person now. It's fully customize your own character, uh, but also still retaining that character's narrative. Okay. So I'm interested to see how they blend that well. Looking okay. maybe kind of like a Mass Effect in how they do some things. Last of Us Two. Last of Us Two, one that of I'm course, interested is super in. exciting. Yeah, uh, I watched. I didn't get a chance to play that one, but you guys know, like, I like to watch a lot of Let's Plays. Mm -hmm. and that was one of the more interesting Let's Plays to watch. Oh yeah. So I'm really excited to watch whatever one of my favorite Let's Players that they do. There are a few that that go just straight up and play. Play just big title games. I'm I'm a huge Overcooked fan, so <laughs> oh yeah, Overcooked, Overcooked too. Two coming out is like so exciting. Um, yeah, I, that's something I'm really excited about. Uh, yeah, man. Last speaking of Last of Us Two, yeah. I wanted to get get on this real quick yeah. as far as industry topics go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that is sending waves throughout the animation side of the industry right now because one. The uh, the character interaction, you know, that they showed off yeah. a couple scenes where Ellie and who, yep. whoever her friend is, we don't know her name yet, uh -huh. uh, they kiss, you know, mm -hmm. at a dance sort of thing, mm -hmm. and that is hands down the best animated kiss I've seen in the game yeah. ever. Have you seen? Have you played Detroit Become Human? Uh, I've watched some Let's Plays. I haven't gotten all the way through yet. Okay. But uh, not only that, but watching their actual gameplay segments there. Um, a lot of people yeah. are, are like brushing it off, like, "Oh, that's canned. Like, that's all scripted stuff. That's not going to happen in game." But watching what uh, the lead animator yeah. Jonathan Cooper over there is saying, and what other people are saying, it sounds like they're employing a lot of new technologies, like animation motion matching, yeah. which is really, really cool. And I can send you guys links on exactly please, what that is. Please uh, <clears throat> post it in the Discord so that they can create <laughs> our Facebook group a, uh, a buttload more dynamic, emergent gameplay without yeah. needing. A million animations, or rather, without needing this huge infrastructure yeah. uh, to drive all of these animations at the same time. Okay. Really cool. So it's it's really cool seeing that actually live in a game now. Uh, if you get a chance, watch the gameplay of that trailer game, yeah. and watch what the enemies do and how much they switch up their movement and all of that yeah. seamlessly. Okay. It's incredible seeing that happen. So I'm excited to to see more of that and break down more of that. Yeah. And and, uh, and yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm super hyped for that. Cool. <laughs> Naughty, Dog is, Naughty Dog is always pushing the limits yeah. of animation mm -hmm. in the industry, right? I mean, they're doing, they do a lot of things. Uh, even Uncharted, Uncharted, the Uncharted series, was a good push in just how narrative is done in games. So I, I would say Naughty Dog has always been trying to be the leader in just innovation mm -hmm. when it mm -hmm. comes to games. Yeah, they're definitely, especially in the AAA space. Mm -hmm. They get that Sony money. So they, <laughs> they do have that Sony <laughs> Okay, right. so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, let's crap go. it up? Crap it up. I said wrap it up. You definitely put a C on that. <laughs> <laughs> We've been crapping it up this whole time. Uh, maybe, maybe you were trying to say clothes and then you just said wrap. Uh, I just mixed it. it all up. Yeah. So let's go ahead and bring this thing to an end. Uh, do our shout outs, of course. Thank you to Trey Hodge, who continuously does amazing edits. There's not a time that we have gone before it goes posted that we go and like sometimes listen to it on our own before it, before it gets posted on some of our channels. And the edits are always amazing and just, it cracks me up on some of the things that he does with like little clips or sound clips yeah. or something we said, he'll take it and just like do some really cool things with it. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Trey Hodge. Uh, what is his site called again? Uh, TreyMixes.com. So T-R-E-Y-M-I-X-E-S.com. Mm -hmm. Right. And on his YouTube channel, he sometimes posts walkthroughs on how to go about doing some sound editing. Yep. He's at least done two of those with our own episodes. So definitely stop in, check his stuff out. Yeah. Reach out to him if you're looking for some game music or help with any of your podcasts. Or well, yeah. I just said that. Uh, Trey, maybe you can do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so reach out to him. Shout out to Nerdvana for constantly mm -hmm. allowing us. I know... Two weeks ago, we were unsure whether or not we were going to be able to continue to yes, record yes. here. But Michael, you went on. Shout out to Michael. Michael went and uh, found out whether or not we could. And at the end of the day. Is it, is it a shout out if I'm here? I mean. But anyway, at the end of the day, thanks to Nirvana. Yeah. Yes. Thank for, you, Nirvana. And especially uh, the CEO of Nirvana. Or mm -hmm. is it CEO if, if you're the owner? Anyway. Thank you to the owner, Christy Pitchford, for allowing yep. us to continue to use this space. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. 
they are switching to streaming. They rather bring in more streamers. I I don't want to talk on any okay. specifics of that because that's still unclear to me. Mm. They could obviously support. Excuse me. Speak more to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure they will announce stuff soon. Okay. Awesome. So so thank you, Nirvana, for allowing us to come in. Uh, let's be. And if you are looking to join us either at our coffee clubs or at the beer club, you can go on Thursday to Whole Foods on Renner Roads in Plano. We meet there at 8 a.m. and we usually stay until 9 and then afterwards we socialize a little bit more. Yep. Also here at Nirvana on Friday, again, 8 a.m. We Sometimes people will stay, stay and play board games afterwards since they still have board games. And uh, also the beer club, to the last Tuesday of every month, yep. mm-hmm. uh, over at uh, Brain, Dead Brain Dead Brewing, yep, in Deep Ellum. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you if you want to come down uh, and you want parking, uh, <laughs> message me on Facebook or uh, Discord because mm-hmm. I can let you park at my apartment. Perfect segue. If you want to join the conversation and you can't make it out to any of the clubs, we still have ways that you can join us. We are on Facebook. We have a group on Facebook and we have a Discord. If you find us on Facebook for first, just drop a drop a request in the group asking for the discord link and we'll shoot it out to you yep. yep if you're not on facebook send uh go to vgocc.com and there should be a contact form uh and you can send a message there to say hey add me to the discord and we'll send you a message so. or you can also find us on meetup.com yeah. <laughs> and yep. we're having a lot more people find us through that way awesome. so meetup.com if you're looking to see how else you can keep up with the group just drop us a ch- uh, line in there and we'll shoot you whatever you need. So I have been Rebecca Easton. Uh, you can follow me at My Dyslexic World. It's D-E-S, not D-Y. Uh, David Forrest, uh, pretty much every social media platform at David S. Forrest. Uh, yeah. And I'm Michael Sewell. You can follow me on Twitter at Sewell Softworks. Cool. All right, you Thanks, guys yes. have a good week. See you next time or talk to you next time.